Welcome into the Illini Enquirer podcast, Jeremy Warner live at Rec Hall, where I just saw Penn State fans, about 5,000, 6,000 of them, storm the court as they took advantage of an epic Illini collapse. Penn State closed the, the game with toughness, a 17-5 run to end the game, including 8-0 run over the final 35 seconds. Derek Piper joining me back in Champaign. Derek, that was one of the worst losses of the Brad Underwood era that I can think of, given what was on the line. Big Ten championship race could have moved within a game of Purdue if he just closed this one out with an 89-82 lead with under a minute left. Uh, instead, that, that looks like a dream. Like That looks like that's um, out the door with this kind of loss and the way they lost it. To give up 90 points to this Penn State team without their leading score, this was inexcusable. And we only were able to talk to Underwood for about seven minutes. And then Marcus DeMass was the only Illini we talked to for about a minute and a half. And he had no answers. Um, what What do you think? What, what are your answers to, to this game? Because this is the kind of loss that kind of leaves you speechless. What an absolute disaster. I mean, defensively, we're going to talk about it. They were horrendous. This has been an issue for a pretty prolonged period. Even ever since Terrence came back, we've talked about it. Prior to that, they weren't spectacular at that end of the floor. They have some very known weaknesses in terms of stopping the ball uh, inside. Wahab obviously was hurting them early, too. But just to allow, like you said, Penn State to score 90 points, for them to get downhill as much as they did, 46 points in the paint, I think, for Penn State. And just some of the the undisciplined mistakes, like giving up three or four layup slash dunks on inbounds plays, uh, getting back cut, Justin Harmon, time and time again. So all of that being said, Illinois, because they're so much of a machine offensively and Penn State can't rebound all that well, and Illinois destroyed them on the glass, and you get a storm of – which you'd seem like a perfect storm. You told – if someone had told me and you going to the game, all right, Shan's going to score a career at 35, and Illinois is going to be plus 24 on the glass. You'd say, all right, they won by 30. No, they, they lost yeah. that game. And uh, – to be in the position you were, the fact that you were up 12 with like five to go, you're up 10 with two and a half left. And, you know, Penn State goes on an 8-0 run in the final 35 seconds. That that just seems unbelievable that, that can even happen. So uh, I know Shannon missed a shot. They go up a transition three. Uh, they have issues inbounding the ball. Uh, and, and that's another thing, I think, in terms of their inbound stuff. They run like that spread formation. Doesn't seem like they get a lot of – of good openings as far as that goes. Harmon being the inbounder is a question that he looked dicey at times. They actually had the mass inbound it right before Coleman traveled, then got fouled or one versus yep. the other. He missed the free throws, then fouls a three-point shooter. So it was just a – it was an epic melt, probably the worst. I told you right before we hopped on, the DeMonte inbounds against Maryland in year one of, of Brad was, was really bad. Of course, that team not expected to do a whole lot. Knowing that you could have won and been a game within – Purdue or the Big Ten title was still a game against them. This is probably the worst collapse Brownerwood's had. I had a great freezing cold take. Uh, after Illinois got a stop under a minute left, Domas gets the free throws to go up seven. I said they got the stop they needed. Illinois should close this out. And Penn State didn't even foul. Terrence Shannon misses right. a runner. Justin Harmon ball hits his hands, isn't able to corral it in. Penn State gets a run out. And Brown, I thought, man, he's really going to pull up and take that shot. Hits a three. And then Illinois turns it over. Terrence Shannon tries to fight through a double team instead of just dumping it off behind him to Ty Rogers. Uh, and 
Then they get another layup. They can barely inbound the ball. Had to spend two timeouts on that. So they didn't have a timeout at the end to, to think right. about a play if it, if it wanted to. Uh, and then Coleman Hawkins, you're right. He traveled. Then he got fouled. It was a gift of a foul call, in my opinion. Uh, and he missed two free throws to, to end what was a, a terrible night for Coleman Hawkins. Um, was, I, I'm not good enough to play. I'm not tough enough to play. Um, but, man, after all that stuff after Maryland, after talking all that smack after Maryland, to have the performance he did tonight where he was just not bringing it toughness-wise, just kind of taken to defensively. Uh, he's the leader defensively, and, and to let this go I, I, I think is a bad look for him. But, man, who's the tougher team at the end, Eric? Like, I thought Terrence Shannon was tough throughout this game. When Owen I need him, he was carrying him. If they didn't have Terrence Shannon, they would have gotten blown off the floor today. Everyone else, it was just that pressure got to him. Shannon wasn't perfect, but 35 points, 11 rebounds, best game of his career. Uh, missed some free throws for him. He got nicked up with his leg. But, man, you look up and down this, like, Harmon's focus um, on defense was was a struggle. Damas could not handle the pressure. Listen, that's that's on Brad Underwood not having a point guard, right? You could really use one of those guys right now, like a Jeremiah Williams or somebody like that. Uh, could he use that tonight? But just the focus, the the effort, the intensity wasn't there outside of Terrence Shannon, maybe Luke Goody, and maybe Ty Rogers. Th- those are the guys I felt decent about. But um, that's not good. You're not going to win games in the NCAA tournament. If you can't win at Penn State, and I don't want to hear any excuses, Derek, about playing in rec hall. Right? Like, what's this compared to what an NCAA tournament is? Right? Like, we, we've been there. The pressure of yeah. that moment. You got to be able to handle that. And besides, really, Terrence Shannon, I didn't feel like any of them handled that pressure for most of the night. And Terrence kind of let him escape it for 39 minutes of it. Could have played this game on the blacktop or on the moon. And you would imagine a little bit more of a sense of urgency, killer mentality for a team that has so much left to play for. To, to know that. And where's, where's Quincy Garrier? I know. Where is he? Where, where is he right now? Five points. Tonight, four rebounds on the game. He played four minutes in the second half. That tells you what Brad Underwood thinks right now because Luke Goody played most of those. And Luke is, is getting attacked defensively. I thought he battled, man. He was tough on the glass. But you need him back. You need Coleman not to have that kind of performance. Like these were some seniors tonight that, you know, Marcus DeMasters kind of weak with the ball. Like that's what's bothersome. Well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a team full of, last dance type of guys this is their last go and that's where it's ish it's an issue and you're wondering what the heck has happened to quincy um a double double machine for a large stretch of january and now doesn't even look like the same guy looks pretty much non-existent when he's on the court and then when he's off the court i didn't find myself wanting a whole lot more of quincy garrier late i knew he was out i just didn't think that that was something that was really working i, I did think luke battled yes he's susceptible to getting attacked although everybody tonight was getting beat to the basket, giving up threes and make, having breakdowns defensively. So, uh, and, and Luke actually made some threes in this game. He did miss one late that obviously would have probably buried Penn State if he makes it. But you could say the same thing about free throws from Coleman. Terrence missed some free throws. Justin makes that that shot. I want to circle back. If you don't call those timeouts on the inbounds, you can maybe draw something up where you probably want Terrence shooting that last shot. Uh, and I'll say I know you got a good look. You got, you got a good look for Justin Harmon, uh, yeah. who also had a goodie open in the corner, by the way. But he's made those runners, so I didn't mind the shot at the end, to be honest with you. <laughs> he, yeah, no, that's a good point. Uh, Harmon, though, on the whole, played a pretty poor game. 
Um, and for, it's been a while since I thought that Harmon was a above average defender. I, that was kind of thought of earlier in the season. He struggled on the ball. Ties left a decent amount to be desired in terms of fighting through screens and uh, on ball type of stuff. And then, you know, Damask, Goody, those are weaknesses. Uh, but yeah, Gary A, just he doesn't have a whole lot of bite. Uh, Coleman was exploited, whether he was in help defense, whether he was down low with Wahab. And, and that's that's something where there are Penn State is decent. They've had some some good moments at home. They beat Wisconsin. They beat Iowa. Uh, they've had some some moments, but are a lot more offensively talented teams than Penn State. Obviously, teams that could stop you more than what Penn State was able to do. So that they, for them to win like that, uh, I, I'm with you. I, I think as you project it forward in the tournament, yes, there have been teams. I wrote about it in the last couple of weeks, like Miami last year. Their metrics were. Essentially, they try to outscore everybody. They don't really guard anybody, uh, and they can they can just flat out outscore you. They put ninety on Houston in the Sweet Sixteen last year, eighty nine on Texas, and they went to the the Final Four. But for the most part, those teams that are that flawed on one side of the floor, whether it be offense or defense, yeah. for this team, obviously it's defense. There's a lot higher of a probability that you don't make it out of the first weekend. So um, that's where Brad should yeah. be pretty displeased. Listen, this team's probably gonna be a four or five seed now. Right. Like that, that's the impact of this. Like you lose a game like that. It's quad two. I know. Um, so it's not the worst loss in the world, but you lose a game like that. It's going to be really hard for them unless they beat Purdue and Wisconsin, maybe somebody in the big 10 tournament to get, to get up into that three kind of seed range here. Um, but yeah, like you got to be able to hang your hat on that. And they've given up 80 points, Derek, in four or five games. And I know they've won three of those, but like that can't, that can't keep happening. Like you're not going to win many games. Like you can't string together a lot of wins if you're depending on making shots or depending on Terrence Shannon getting the free throw line or scoring 16 fast break points tonight for Terrence Shannon. It's insane. Like you wasted one of the best performances I've ever seen. Like mm-hmm. if, if Illinois would have won that game, that this is all I've been talking about. Is I, I tweeted it there in a program that has D Brown, the one man fast break, I would assume the smoothest fast break player I've ever seen. Terrence could be better. Like in, in train because because he's a freight train. He's an absolute freight train. He's incredibly fast. Uh, and it's hard to stop him from scoring at the rim or just drawing fouls. I, I feel bad for him tonight. Uh, I thought he gave it all and that was a superstar performance. The type that I had written at one point, you got a two way star that can lead you far. And I, I still feel that. I still feel that. But he needs help, man. And I don't know if it's other players, like when you see Shannon doing that, just need to lock in and not have hit, have to have him play hero the entire time. Like other people got to step up. Um, and Illinois has got to find some defensive adjustments. Like Underwood, his staff, Zach Hamer, Chester Frazier, all like they got to, they got to figure this defense out. Well, that's the thing. And I know that we talked a little bit about it. Uh, amongst ourselves after media yesterday and Brad, I don't know if he was uh, Joey and I were going back and forth. was Brad putting on a little bit of a show. Like he, he looked like he like physically ill talking about having to play defense, a different style against Maryland, like having to trap the post, having to blitz Jameer young in the ball screens and talking about how he doesn't want to play that way. He wants to be able to trust his base principles of let's, Let's say, okay, this is your assignment and you're going to be solid. I just think he wants more toughness. I think that's kind of – that was my read on it. I think he wants to be able to – I don't think he likes stomaching the idea that they can't just flat out straight up guard people. And I think he wants to, accountability. 
I think he wants accountability. Like you can't just hand right. off your guy to another guy. Um, right. And that's, Which, that's why I, that's he what I think. Like switching. I think that's what he loves about what Terrence is doing. Like Terrence, Ace Baldwin didn't make a field goal for the second half. He's three of 12. You now he had 12 assists because other people were cutting and he was able to get them. But I thought Terrence did a really great job defensively on, on Ace Baldwin Jr. But I don't know if anybody else made a positive defensive impact. Like Coleman no. Hawkins, all defensive team, that, that wasn't there tonight. Ty Rogers, thought was a little bit better. Seven rebounds. He was really good on the offensive glass. But Gary A. Domask, I mean, Luke Goody's going to get hunted. Harmon's got to be better. I, I think that's what he wants, accountability. And I asked him after the game, how concerning is your defense? Uh, and one of the things he says, we think we can just win with offense right now. And that's got to change. That Tonight should get get their attention about that. Right, yeah. And, and there's a big enough sample size where – they're not getting it done defensively to maybe you got to try some different stuff. Of course, you're going to do some soul searching probably after this one and, and really try to, to grind on guys to, to get more out of you. Uh, I, I do think I like the fact that he was able to throw in a couple freshmen uh, who I think gave him a little bit more intensity than what Illinois had early. So like to play Amani a little bit more, I thought he was better uh, than Dane uh, and then to get DGL in there better defensively than what Harmon was doing. Um, and Ty was in foul trouble. So uh, those guys, I think in terms of like when your season's on the line, I don't know that you're going to want to do that, but you, you do need, you know, Quincy needs a wake up call and that's really been coming. Same thing for a handful of these other guys, especially when you talk about the defensive end. So um, I, I don't know. I, they do have some things that maybe aren't that correctable. Like you're not going to make Luke Goody and Marcus Damas better perimeter defenders. You're not going to make Coleman Hawkins a better defender against fives. Uh, maybe Justin Harmon is more flawed than we thought as a defender. Uh, but I also think as far as the discipline stuff, like just let like Penn State wasn't doing anything, you know, innovative, anything crazy on those inbounds plays. It was a simple screen for a guy who rolls to the rim and there was no switch, and, which they should have switched that. And then they just get easy layups or Justin Harmon acted like he'd never seen a backup before. So like mm-hmm. these are things that are very basic for a team that is filled with fourth and fifth year guys that that's just inexcusable. Uh, Wahab dominated the first half. Like he had 13 points, made his first six shots. I believe Kern career high, 22 points. I know a lot of fans are sick of hearing career highs uh, out of certain guys. And then Hicks just killed you uh, at the end. All right. Here's Brad Underwood a little bit. I asked him what bothered him most uh, about that collapse at the end. What bothered you most uh, about the final couple minutes? Thanks, sir. <coughs> Everything. We didn't do anything right. I mean, we did everything we could possibly do to lose the game, from foul on the last play to the missed free, to the missed free throws to turning the ball over against the, the the press to not getting a stop when we, you know, when we when we when we needed one. Um, we missed two layups. Um, you know, Luke missed a wide open three in the corner. Um, so, you know, it's it, it was everything. He's right, Derek. It was everything uh, at the end of that game. 18 turnovers, though. You wrote it in your three keys in the pick, Derek. Like, Penn State's going to pressure you, and Illinois could not handle it. Like, this has been a pretty good ball control team, Illinois, for the most part, since Big Ten play started. But I thought the refs let him get handsy. Ace Baldwin was very handsy with Damask, and that bothered him. But – I thought the turnovers, I mean, obviously the Terrence one at the end, but the Coleman turnovers really hurt you. Uh, those just felt like being strong with the ball, decision-making a little bit, but they took advantage of it with 14 points off those 18 turnovers. That's a Big Ten high 
for Illinois. They're going to be tougher with the ball, but that's uh, when you got a smaller team, I would expect more teams to do that. And that's something Illinois has got to be. Derek, you got me? I'm here. Sorry. I lost it there for a yeah. second. Yeah. Yeah. In terms of, yeah. I mean, deep in the backcourt, a team that doesn't have a point guard, it makes sense to try to heat him up. And like you said, it hasn't burned Illinois over the stretch of the season. I thought it was going to be a big recurring issue for this squad. You, you have to go back to the Big Ten opener. They turned it over 17 times against Rutgers. But uh, since then, really, they've they've done a good job of not having that be a situation that really killed them. Because going into tonight, I think they were fourth in the league in Big Ten play and turnover rate. So, uh, But that's what Penn State does because they are not a good defensive team. They get crushed on the – the defensive glass, they have to turn you over, try to get out going the other way. And Coleman was doing some things tonight that reminded you a little bit more of last year. Like I think, and, and some of it, you give a credit to Penn state getting their hand in the right place on a drive and knocking the ball out. But um, this is someone that had, you know, four or five plus turnovers on a handful of occasions last year. This was only the second time this year that he had five turnovers or more. So um, it was just him trying to probably do too much off the dribble. I know that he can get himself in trouble at, at times with that. Uh, Marcus is bringing the ball up in a lot of senses and um, is not a true point guard. So there are times where he's getting uh, uncomfortable. They're, they're they're getting in his space and and those type of things. So, uh, but I do agree with you as far as the physicality that Penn State had. But that that is also something that Illinois, a team that's not playing all that well defensively too. I think that's what's lacking from them is maybe that extra that extra level of bite and physicality and I'll, I'll live with Penn state just playing balls to the wall and getting up in you. If Illinois is just letting free runs at the rim uh, far too often, yeah. but um, yeah. Points in the paint. Uh, I know some people have asked for the stat 48 to 44 Penn state one, despite Illinois out rebounding Penn state 49, 25, just Kern driving to the hoop, just dribble drives. Yeah. Uh, and I know they're t- taking advantage of, of some matchups there, but it's just simple drives to the hoop that kind of kept them within striking distance here at the end until that collapse. Um, they got to fix that, man. They, they got to find a way to fix that. And I, Coleman doesn't look like he's having much fun defensively in this drop coverage. I got to get him engaged. Uh, I, I got to get him more aggressive. I think that's what the adjustment the staff needs to make is, is hedge more, uh, maybe not blitz more, but just, let him get up into people and ball screens. I know Wahab is not a guy that's going to scare you with a shot, even though he made a jumper tonight. Uh, I, I just think he's he's not being used enough or not engaged enough defensively because I don't know if he's been a plus defensively lately, Derek, because he's not been much of a rim protector for them in that drop coverage. Right. Yeah, we've talked about it a lot here in recent weeks. Is It just seems like too passive of an approach for for Coleman, who's so mobile and we know that he has an ability to swat at the ball, uh, given the opportunity to, to create pokeaways and, and and be able to, to create turnovers a little bit, which this team does not do, uh, does not get many turnovers defensively. So I just think you're limiting Coleman's potential impact by having him sit back there. And he does look kind of just passive or kind of out of place in that type of sense. I get yep. doing it with Kofi. I get doing it with a kind of a paint-locked big guy. It, when Dane's in there, you have to. But with Coleman, he's not very good at it. No, no, he's not. But yeah, and I I think that there is a mentality shift when you play a little bit more aggressive schematically. I think you get a little bit more bite out of your team. You have to. You have to play a certain way to trap, to recover. I know Brad does not 
he he really takes a lot of pride on not giving a lot of three point looks, which is really the pro the product of not helping off of guys on the perimeter. So he doesn't want his guys in rotations. He doesn't want his guys playing a whole lot of help defense. He wants it to be when they're playing pick and roll, it's two on two defense. When a guy tries to drive you, it's a one on one type of situation. But um, there's flaws in that, obviously, uh, especially with this squad in terms of how they're executing right now. So uh, I think the drop, we've talked about it. I haven't loved it. I, I, me, you and I have had a lot of back and forth talking. Why is, why is Coleman playing at the Big Ten logo? I, I mean, it just doesn't make a lot of sense yeah. uh, to me. But uh, in general, that doesn't excuse, you know, Coleman could have been a little bit more physical, engaged, whatever it was. And then Illinois perimeter defenders have to actually stop the ball. I mean, that's that's pretty basic basketball. Yeah, they're not very good at it right now. We'll talk about what's next. We'll take some of your questions coming up next. But first, let's hear from one of our great sponsors. This episode of the Alana Inquirer podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp. A common misconception about relationships is they have to be easy to be right. But sometimes the best ones happen when both people put in the work to make them great. Therapy can be a place to work through those challenges you face in all your relationships, whether with your significant other, friends, work, or anyone. Guys, I know you can go through life and everything's going well, but there are things you still need to be talking through, especially in your relationships. I know my wife and I talk through a lot of these things, but sometimes it really helps to talk with someone else. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Illini today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Illini. It's only a kick. A jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right, Derek, uh, Illinois better fix that defense because I was coming to town on Saturday. And, boy, they can they can get hot from three. They're a good offensive team. Maybe two teams looking in a mirror a little bit. Illinois has got more talent, but uh, two really good offensive teams. But Illinois is kind of playing the Fran McCaffrey-Iowa way where it's a lot of offense, not a lot of defense. Uh, Peyton Sanford's playing at an all-Big Ten level right now, one of the best shooters in the Big Ten. See him in some mock drafts right now when Coleman Hawkins is not. Terrence Shannon – is back in ESPNs right now. Sam Vecini from The Athletic said uh, he's not going to put Terrence in until there's a uh, resolution to his legal case or what he hears from NBA teams if they're willing to draft him. Uh, Chance certainly playing at that level. Owen Freeman might be the Big Ten freshman of the year. Kid from uh, Bradley Bourbonnet, uh, my neck of the woods. Uh, and then Brian Cricky, another Missouri Valley transfer that's playing incredibly, incredibly well. And 
we know Tony Perkins can cook the Illini and he can cook drop drop coverage. So oh man, they better get this ready, Derek, because they haven't lost back to back games in the Big Ten yet. And I don't think this season, right? So um better fix some things in the next couple of days for the staff. It's gonna be a very hungry Iowa team, one coming off of a win in East Lansing that should make them feel pretty confident. And now all of a sudden they're in the picture, at least as far as the tournament goes. I know they're on the wrong side of the bubble right now, but can do some more work to get them in position in two games against Illinois, which both will be quad ones for them, uh, give them chances to, to build that resume. So, yeah, often offensively for Iowa, like you said, Tony Perkins' ability to get downhill. Um, he's, he's strong. He's got a, a decent athleticism. And then last year in Iowa City, I mean, he just killed you with that pull-up game, that ability to find the soft spot in that drop and – and be able to hit those those mid-range shots. So you got to be able to get fight through screens. I mean, that's really something that Illinois hasn't done all that well, but uh, except for, save, I'd say, Terrence Shannon here recently. I'm sure Shannon would probably see a decent amount of that matchup. Um, we, we usually talk about Illinois limiting teams from three. Of course, they gave up some tonight. Sanford, though, I mean, he's got such a quick trigger. He doesn't need a lot of space, and he's a guy that can just fill it up, um, especially, you know, talk about transition, Illinois probably giving up a little bit too much on the offensive glass too, which leads usually to to good three point looks. And yeah, I mean Freeman is someone that in high school, you know, maybe wasn't the the toughest guy. Was someone that you, you saw projectable skills. He's been a lot better than I would have expected uh, as a freshman. So um, that's a team that offensively is rolling. And yeah, I agree. Like they're they're more talented Illinois than than this version of Iowa, but maybe. You look back to the the Murray brothers Iowa team, or or even the Luca Garza Joe Wees camp teams that could really be in an elite echelon offensively, but obviously give it up defensively pretty easily. Their metrics align pretty much who with who mm-hmm. Illinois metrics recently over the last it's not even a small sample size anymore a month and a half close on two months looks like a an Iowa type team, which we know Iowa has not gone gone on that extended run in March yet either. Yeah. Well, Fedigator brings up $5 Super Chat. Appreciate you, Fedigator. In 25 years of Ken Palm, every champion was top 25 in both offense and defense. We're currently number five offense. That's good. Number 58 defense and getting worse. Can it get fixed fast? I think, Derek, a lot of it depends on Quincy Garrier. He's got to be way better because he, he was pretty good defensively and was a big part of their defensive rebounding. Ty Rogers, I think, needs to be on the court as much as possible, but he's not been great as good as I think he can be defensively, and a lot of that is getting through screens. He's a big guy. It can be hard for him to do that, but I just don't know if he understands exactly what he needs to do on all those things right now and and just playing team defense. But um, And and they need to to find a way. I think this is on the staff. They need to find a way to get all Big Ten, all defensive Big Ten – Coleman Hawkins out of it because right now they're not getting that level. I think it's partly because of how they're employing him, which we've covered. Yeah, I agree with all that. Uh, you look at Bart Torvik, I, I tweeted about it after the game. They were, since Shannon's return really over the last month, they were 102nd in the country in defensive efficiency during that time frame. They've now dropped to 124th. So uh, they're a long ways away. And like to that point, they're falling. I, I don't think it gets to the question. I don't think it gets resolved rather quick quickly um i think this team is capped in terms of who they can be defensively because they do have some issues i don't know they can necessarily be fixed can they be better absolutely um you know they were the first two months of the season like a top 20 top 25 defense so i think it is capable if they play up to their potential but a lot has to be fixed 
to be able to get that. Quincy's a big, a big one, obviously. Um, his physicality uh, and just activity around the basket, contesting shots and just being dialed in. Uh, Ty, I think, yeah, it is. We, we go back a lot of times to getting through screens. I brought that up too. Um, I think communication-wise, for whatever reason, yes. I don't know if it's Ty's issues uh, or just him and whoever he's working with. It seems like Ty's been involved in a lot of busts and switches. Uh, they got to be able to to navigate and be more sound on. Uh, Luca, he's not going to be a better defender, I don't think, uh, although he did try his butt off tonight. Was better defensively tonight, I think, than he was against Michigan yep. State, obviously against Malik Hall and whatnot. But, um, yeah, and then Coleman, you got you to gotta make it work. If there's a five-man that – is going to be a decent back to the basket. Obviously, if if better, you got to help him out with some doubles, with some digging, and then in ball screen stuff, put him in a position where he can be more impactful um, because it just seems like guys are too – opponents are way too comfortable offensively against Illinois. Uh, and yep. you, you, you hear a lot of – you hear a lot of opposing coaches or people who cover the Big Ten talk and say, oh, well, you know, Illinois is the most – physically imposing team in the league. When you look at their athleticism, when you look at their size, you wouldn't know it with their defensive numbers right now. So something as far as that goes has to change, both with the players, but I think obviously it's a task for the staff to address too. Yeah. Dylan, anytime we get up seven to 10 points, we get comfortable and never pull away. I mean, you figured out a way to close your Maryland though. You gave up 12 points, um, you know, late in that game. I still think, turnovers is is the biggest problem there Derek whether it's just the moment I thought they ran some offense I loved Luke Goody taking that corner three I have no problem with that he, he just missed it Terrence attacking the glass attacking the basket where he missed with about what 40 seconds left I'll take that I thought he could have gotten closer to the rim um but yeah just uh, turnovers is what kills them like Nebraska I'm thinking of those like just empty possessions that lead to some easier buckets Michigan State Turnovers lead to fast break points. Uh, I, I think I'm not too concerned with this offensively, but there's the situational closing out a game where we've seen three out of these four t- opportunities that they've had, the last ones, has not ended well. So uh, as great as this offense is, they just haven't taken care of the ball or haven't found ways to score points when they just need that one extra, you know, couple free throws or, you know, basket to, to end the game here. Right, yeah. Michigan State and Nebraska both were – pretty poor and then you throw in tonight as far as closing games so i, I get that um I, I do think i like the the late game stuff with maryland because it felt like a lot more was run almost everything was run through terrence offensively like trying to get terrence downhill I, I think putting him in some ball screen stuff i i particularly really like now you, you can't really get into anything if you don't get the ball across half court and, and don't get into your offense which just was an issue tonight when penn state really started pressuring you uh, with their full court stuff, I, I would go back to just simply being able to inbound the ball against the full court press. Like I thought Terrence got raked across the arm when he gave it up. Uh, again, I don't think he did made the smart move by trying to split two guys when he could have just mm-hmm. passed it back. Like you said, uh, Harmon to be inbounding the ball is, is questionable. Like to throw it to Damascus in the corner, where it's exactly where you don't want to throw it against the full court press, having to burn a timeout, which you didn't get to use late. Um, and then Coleman to, kind of be out of control and and probably get away with the travel. So that, those are things that you're playing without a, a true point guard. It'd be nice to throw it into insert his name here and have him be able to, to beat a press or just get the ball up the floor. Um, but I, I think those are some things in, in, ter- in terms of the half court stuff. Yeah. Like what you said, that it, it, they'll live with some of the shots they ultimately got. 
but it's more about defense and stops. Obviously, yep. some untimely missed free throws tonight that, on the whole, they shot it pretty well from the line. But, yeah, I, it is it is something that situationally you talk about late in games, especially when you – everybody's thinking about March at this point. I mean, we're almost there. And Illinois, if they get into under four time, you know, under four, it's a possession game, two possession game. Can they be solid enough, especially if they're holding a lead without that point guard? I think that's a, that's still a question. Yeah, I'm kind of. I looked at Scott Ritchie next to me at one point. Domask had a, a take to the rim, just never looked like he had full control of it. I just kind of looked at him and said, "I really want the ball in Terrence's hands, especially tonight. Like, I, if he makes a mistake, he makes a mistake. But I'm just, I'm just riding with that guy." You know, Mark said 15 points, but he just never looked comfortable uh, for most of the night, um, maybe early in the first half. But I just roll with my guy there. He's, he's a star there. Ty, I think DGL and Amani can play some good minutes in the next few games. They were going to be a positive. My don't overlook from tonight was those guys made an impact on that. You know, you put Coleman Hawkins on the bench because it wasn't going very well and felt like Brad was sending a little bit of a message there uh, for him after a couple turnovers. Amani gave you some good minutes, man. Like Wahab, that's that's a tough battle for a freshman who's given up size to him. And he had that great sequence where he forced a miss, got a rebound. On the other end, Terrence found him uh, for a contested layup. Uh, that was a huge moment. I just thought he battled. I, th- I think you just know what I'm going to get from him, which is effort, energy, uh, and some toughness. The DGL had a nice driving layup, uh, missed a three. Uh, wasn't perfect, but it was nice to see those guys have some mental toughness tonight um, in, in a tough environment with the Illinois down. They come in, extend the lead. That was nice. But Brad Underwood did mention, like, I might have to use the bench for some guys to g- get more out of them. And I really felt like that was – Quincy Garrier. Uh, he certainly used the bench on Quincy Garrier in the second half, only four minutes. Right. Yeah, I think I agree with everything you said. Amani's definitely a, a hard hat, lunch pail type of guy, really tough, um, going to be engaged, going to give you good energy. I think DGL's giving you fantastic energy. It's just whether the execution is there and whether he's not fouling too much. And those are some things that we'll see if they they write themselves uh, and that he can be enough of a net positive and ex- – I don't know that he'll get really extended minutes, but if in a situation to play him, you know, 10 minutes in a game or whatnot. But I, I when Justin's not stopping the ball and he's getting back up, why not throw? And he wasn't giving you a whole lot offensively either. Why not throw DGL out there? Um, boy, it'd be nice to have a sincere Harris in a, in a rut defensively right now that you're in. Um, boy, yeah. That, that might have been the statement of this entire podcast. You could use that. Somebody just kept said – who is the guy in this team that gets in everyone's face to say the lack of defense has to change? It's probably got to be Terrence, and I've seen him be more vocal here recently. I think Ty's got that a little bit of that in him, but he got in foul trouble, and I still want that guy in the court at the end of games, Derek. I, I just feel like he's showing he can make some free throws. I understand he doesn't do that all that well, but gives you another ball handler, maybe takes some things off the mask a, a little bit. Uh, but just I, I never question that that toughness and energy from him. Um, but it's probably got to be Terrence. But I think Coleman, like if he's the air traffic controller of that defense, there's some accountability and responsibility with him too. No doubt. Yeah, I think Terrence, and you wrote about it in your column recently about Terrence coming back and maybe being a little bit more passive as that alpha guy. It did seem – prior to the suspension that he really was embracing a lot of that to be more vocal, to be more of a follow my lead type of guy, which he didn't have 
last year. Um, so we'll see if that picks up. I mean, it should. It's it's a guy in his last his last run who's of course an All American caliber player, and uh, Coleman's got to be able to, as a veteran, be able to hold guys accountable too. Of course, got to hold himself accountable. Uh, I do think sometimes I want to get your input because you had the the look of the bench and, and more of the the view of the entire situation. But sometimes Coleman gets caught up in his own emotions, maybe a little bit too much, and then keep some other guys in check. Like how did that look tonight on his end? Uh, yeah, Brad was laying into him when he benched him towards the end of the second half. Uh, I think he just thought he was being weak with the ball. Uh, and probably weak on defense. I, just so many times I'm, I'm seeing guys get to the rim at Illinois and not even have to shoot free throws to get a layup. Like that, that's bothering me. Um, just, just kind of giving that up and it's a contest, I guess, but it, it just doesn't feel very tough. Uh, let's see. He Coleman Hawkins had one foul tonight. Like use some of those. <laughs> yeah, like, you, you can still use some. Of, I know Illinois needs you, but in the second half, use some of those fouls. I, I would have liked to have seen after he missed that first free throw. He was he was kind of in his head. You could tell, and and he left that that one short and didn't even give himself a chance. You make that free throw, probably win the game, right? Like, it almost looked like uh, the, se- the second one was weird. Like it almost looked like he tried to miss it. I know he didn't. I will have to watch it back. But it was just yeah. – it looked like someone that was not dialed in. I don't know if the pressure got to him or if he yeah. just wasn't feeling it tonight, which, of course, everybody has their off nights. But it was just a bad night for him to play that poorly. Yeah. Uh, I guess it would have been a tie game because then he fouled. Um, just let him shoot that shot. If it goes in, it goes in. But to foul him and give him three free throws, that 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 one hurts. Uh, Derek, you got anything else? Uh, they didn't feed us in here. They didn't give us any water, so I need to walk they down the street. You? <laughs> no. The other building doesn't too, even have power hard. on press row, so they they really accommodate. Right. They care a lot about basketball. If you can't tell, and we didn't parts. we didn't get into the, we didn't get into the arena until eighty minutes before, which uh, I don't know. I'm usually there two and a half hours to three hours before, <laughs> but. Yeah. Um, the reason to be cranky tonight, if you're uh, an Illini fan, that was that was an inexcusable loss that Brad Underwood and his staff got to figure out. The team leaders got to figure out. Just to waste that epic performance by Terrence Chan with an epic collapse is is terrible. Yeah, and you wasted the Ohio State win over Purdue. Yep. You know the fact that they threw you a bone and said you still got them on your home court. If you went out, you're going to share the Big Ten title with the worst. Um, and it's not like it's a a super daunting final stretch um of course you still gotta go to wisconsin and iowa's getting hot at the right time but just to lose this one is it's not a season breaker i think it is going to be a one that rattles the confidence of the fan base as they think about march um as they think about how much they can trust this team especially with what we're seeing defensively especially some of the now that the late game sample size is extended i mentioned nebraska michigan state and now this one Mm -hmm. um and i'm not saying sell all your illinois stock when you got terrence shannon Playing like this, I mean, boy, that's that's tough to stop. And we know I would have come on here if, if, if they would. Sorry, I would if they would have came out and closed um, that game and found a way to win, no matter how they won, even if it was ugly, and they win ninety-one to eighty-seven. If Coleman hits his free throws, uh, I, I would have said Terrence Shannon gives you a chance to overcome a lot of flaws. Right, just having that star allows you yeah. to do that, and that's what you need in the NCAA tournament. Um, I still feel that. I, I still feel they can do that. He just needs a little bit more from the rest of his rest of his guys. Um, but four straight games of twenty-seven plus points. I, I looked at Scott Ritchie and, and Robert Rosenthal. And was like, you guys remember anybody doing that? I don't remember Iowa and Kofi. Maybe they did, but I, 
this is he's playing as well as anybody in the country right now. Um, and you've lost a couple of those games, right? You, you lost, you know, that Michigan State game where he played pretty well for the most part, and now now you lose this one. Um, he's he's playing at all American level. We'll see if people vote for him. I know he's not on the Wooden Award watch list, but he deserves to be on those things for basketball reasons. I don't know how you don't have him if he continues this out, which of course it's a a just ridiculous pace. He'd have to be a first team All American. Like I know that it'll be up to people's votes if they actually want to vote for Terrence, but first team All Big Ten, all that it would be a no brainer from the on paper statistics. And yeah, I mean it's crazy to put his name in the conversation with like a D Brown and Iowa transition, but he is. I mean, he that's how special this guy is um, as far as a basketball talent. Enjoy him, obviously, because you only got a, a number of games left of him. But that is a dude that can take you to a, another round, another two rounds in a tournament. He just needs more to come with him. This, this team's talented enough, even if they have to outscore people, because they can do that. We've yep. seen that. But they're capable of more defensively. It's just they got to they got to find it. They got to have a, more of a grit to them. That they're missing that on defense. I don't know if they're just getting satisfied with their the fact that they can outscore people, um, or it's it's the wake up call for certain guys, or what it is. But uh, this hopefully is something that they will learn from because if not, it will be a team that's kind of on upset alert if they continue to play this poorly at, on defense. Yeah, absolutely. They have not gained your trust defensively or in late game situations as good as they are defensively. Terrence Shannon last six games, twenty seven points. Per game. All right, that'll do it for me, Derek Piper. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate it. Uh, I know it was a rough night for Illini fans, rough night for the Illini on their flight home. Everybody, thanks for listening to the Illini Choir podcast. All the 300-plus on YouTube commiserating uh, after that epic collapse. Hit the like button on the way out. Subscribe to us. Hit the notifications bell. We really appreciate you guys. Uh, and follow us, rate us, review us wherever you get your podcasts. But plenty of coverage in the aftermath of this loss at IlliniInquire.com. Everybody have a great day. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time on the Illini Enquirer podcast.